If you're new or newer here at Camelback, uh, what we've been doing recently is we're in the middle of a series called uh, This Is Our Story. And basically what we're doing is we're interviewing different couples in the church and just kind of talking to them um, and getting to know their story. Uh, last week we did a Father's Day thing and uh, myself and my dad were, were able to speak and that was an amazing job, or an amazing experience, uh, an opportunity to share the stage with him on Father's Day. Uh, this week, though, we have a couple that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, they've been very uh, involved in my life, very important, and um, a big part of my growth as a Christian, my growth as a worship leader, and my growth just as a man. Uh, so if you could please welcome onto the stage, uh, Adrian and Rosanna. Good morning. Ooh. Ooh. Hello, good morning. Oh man, it's about to be crazy. So if you don't know uh, who Adrian and Rosanna are, um, Rosanna runs our children's ministry, if you couldn't tell. Uh, that just explains what you just saw. And Adrian is just an incredibly committed volunteer. Um, he's involved with everything from kids to students. Um, to the prayer team, and on occasion, he's been known to be a part of our creative team and uh, spit some bars. So, um, but yeah, no, he's just one of the most committed guys that I've seen here at Camelback. Um, so why don't we just jump right in? Uh, would you guys care to tell us about your story, how uh, your faith journey began? Cool, all right. All right, I'll go ahead and start. Um, so I, I was raised in church um, as long as I can remember. My mom was just overly committed. I mean, we would, um, honestly, we had church every single day, I felt like. And we, you know, we would meet like with our, then it was called something different, but it was kind of our small groups, our prayer, um, prayer time, kids. Um, for those of you that can probably remember this, I was a part of Missionettes. Um, yes, I love Missionettes. And um, I was actually crowned, which is um, almost like a graduation. And um, so I was just, I loved it. I, I just really enjoyed being a part. Um, I'd probably say when I reached about my teenage years, though, and for those of you that have teenagers at home, and um, you can probably relate to this, but there just comes a point where we feel like we know everything, and, um, and I knew everything. Yeah, no, not really, but I felt that way, and I was just kind of going along with what everybody else wanted, and um, I really forgot about God. I really forgot about the church, um, and... So I, I just kind of just put it on the back burner, you know. Um, actually, I didn't say this at first service, but it, it made me think. Pastor had mentioned this a while back ago, but um, about the backpack. And I think that's really what I did is I kind of put Christ in my backpack. And I was like, oh, I'll take you out when I need you, but I don't really need you right now. And um, in that moment, I feel I, there was an area that was really dark for me. And I, something had happened to me. And it was very, very hard, you know, for me to feel like I was worth anything. Um, somebody had did something to me that I really, really trusted. They were very close to me and they, 
they just really destroyed um, my life at that moment. And so I was a totally different person. Like, you know me now, I'm like, hey, oh my gosh, rainbows, butterflies, I love it. Like, that's me. But at that moment, I was like, yeah, no. Whatever the opposite of that is, that's probably what I was, like, negative 10. Like, I was just dark. And my mom and my aunt, um, for those of you that don't know, it's the other second loudest person in here, Joy. Um, but she and my mom were a big part of my life and they really, um, they didn't give up, you know, on me. And even when I pushed them aside too, they were still on it. And um, actually I was invited to a youth retreat. And um, so it was at a different church at the time. And I went ahead and I was like, okay, let me, let me check this thing out. And I have some youth students in here, so I'm going to say this. Um, I was interested in a boy. So then I was like, oh, now it's going to make it real easy for me to go. Crush. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, goodness. And, um, you know, but in that time, it was a really a time of surrender. And I just gave myself, willingly gave everything. Um, all of those hurts that I was feeling, everything that that person had done to me, I just was like, you know what? Take it, because I can't do this on my own, so I need you to help me out of this rut. And honestly, ever since then, I've just been on fire, you know. I, I ended up coming here. Uh, Joy, she started coming to this church, and I right away, you know, went into children's ministries, and I led worship there. Um, I had a little dance crew. We were called the chosen, the chosen few, which I have a couple of them here, you know. Now these kids, you know, they're they're older now. Um, my name, I was given a nickname, Steps, which he was given a nickname too, which we'll get to that later. But, um, and these kids are older. They're in college, you know, their second year in, and they still to this day, Steps, oh my gosh, it, it just is amazing. You know, for me to be like, what? I had an impact on you like that? Oh, you're so cute, you know? It, it's so sweet. And so, you know, sometimes I feel like we have to go through those dark moments so we can learn from them and we can be able to help somebody else that can possibly be going through this very same thing. So that's my story. That's, that's quite the story. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, but it's an amazing story. I, I love hearing um, just stories of people that get so excited about uh, what they're doing and what they're called to. Adrian, uh, I'd love to hear your story. Uh, so I did not grow up in church. Uh, my mom, if she identified, she identified as Catholic, but it wasn't something that we did every week. It was very rare. Um, I, in California, I have aunts who are apostolic, and so I would go to their church when I was in California, and uh, I would get Sunday school through there, so I heard some of the stories, and, and I had some sprinkling of God in my life, but uh, nothing was ever told or taught to me about who God was and, and how necessary he was. So as we go, as I go through my life, I get to about 19 and I had moved out of my house. I'd moved in with my best friend, his two brothers and his dad. And um, I was a straight A student. I, you know, schoolwork came very easy to me. And, and at this point in my life, I w didn't have a job. I wasn't in college. I was playing Madden all day, every day. And when you live with five, you know, there's five 
one man and then four young men who think they're men in one house, um, especially that consider themselves brothers, it gets hectic and there's a lot of bent up frustration. And, and uh, so I left and I, when I get frustrated, I, I wanna release it. And so I'll, I'll either cry out of frustration or I'll throw a mantrum and you know Man. do the whole thing. And um, I couldn't and, and it was making me more mad that I couldn't and so my, my natural response, which is a surprise to me, was to look up and ask why. I, I said, why aren't you letting me just cry? Why, like, why do I have to feel like this? And so I had walked around and prayed, and now that I know more about God, my prayer was, why did you leave me? Why did you let me go through all these things, and, and why am I here? Um, now I know that he didn't leave me. I turned my back on him, and yet he was still faithful to keep me safe and, and continue to push me forward. Um, but in that moment, I, I, that was the moment where God started calling me and, and pulling me toward him. And so I started, you know, seeking him. I, I tried to read the Bible. Uh, I was looking for a place where I could find him. And so uh, the natural inclination for a 19-year-old is to follow girls. And I, you know, I followed a so girl and a life, she was... She was a Mormon, and so I was going to the Mormon churches and stuff, and they were, you know, trying to disciple me, and it just didn't click for me. And I knew that Catholicism wasn't my thing. I, it was just, again, it didn't click. And so I met a girl at work, and uh, I asked her to hang out, and she said no. And then she's like, you know what? We, we can't hang out. You just come to church with me on Sunday. And so I think that was a deterrent, but she didn't know I was looking for a church. So it worked. I was like, cool. Like, let's do it. And so on Sunday, I text her and said, hey, you know, what, what do I wear? You know, do I dress up? Do I have to wear? And she's like, just come how, you know, you dress normally. So I put on my forces and my super baggy jeans and my <laughs> big shirt and thought I looked fly. And I came in. And if you've been here long enough, there was this hippie looking guy up on stage playing the guitar. And people were singing and worshiping. It was Brian, if you guys don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and they were worshiping. And, and it was very life-giving. It was very upbeat. And, and like, they were in joy to God, and so I enjoy that, and then it was one of those sermons where there's no doubt uh, in my mind, I think Pastor James was speaking, uh, Pastor John was here leading, and I'm pretty sure that the girl had went up to them and said, hey, this is the kind of things that this guy does, can you talk about it? Because everything he was saying was just like, man, that's, he's talking about me and how I need to give my life, and so uh, th that is what brought me uh, to that point in my search for God and, and brought me here to Camelback uh, 12 years ago, so. Yeah, yeah. praise God. Um, so you're kind of going through all that time and it's kind of leading up to just you guys meeting and um, eventually coming to Camelback. Uh, Adrian, you have your version of how you guys met, um, that you just met this girl and you started hanging out and then you went to church. Rosanna, I have a feeling that you have a different recollection of how that happened. Yeah, so I was actually in a relationship with somebody, and we had heard that this guy was going to be coming. And for then, okay, Arrowhead was like, whoa. Like, that was like, whoa, you're coming from Arrowhead? Hey, what is this? Like, and I worked at Metro Center. So it was like totally two opposite areas, right? And for me, Metro Center was just, it's just a little bit different. And Arrowhead was just like, okay, we got some high-end folks coming over here. Let's see what we got. And um, when he stepped foot in, we were all, I worked with a bunch of women. So they, we looked like ridiculous, almost like a puppy in a window when you see him and you're like, oh, that's so cute. Oh my gosh, I want to take him home. Yeah, we were all huddled by that window like this. 
like all like, oh my gosh. But um, when we first started, I actually couldn't stand him. And I would talk like just bad about him when I get home from work. And I'd be like, Ma, like this, this kid, he's, oh my God, he just gets on my nerves. Like this he man. Just, not kid, this man, kid, man. this kid, and all of a sudden you're two years older, take it easy. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I was like, I was just so frustrated with him. And my mom said, she goes, Rosanna, you better relax. And I said, no, I, was like, I can't stand him, I don't like him. And she goes, be careful. It's the ones that you are talking about like that, those are the ones you're gonna marry. And I go, and I was like, no, I didn't believe it. And my mom, she actually called him, I, didn't, I forgot about this, she called him Slick Rick because he just he weaved his way on in there. And then, yeah, the rest is, you know, here we are. <laughs> and that's our story. I almost don't have words. Um, but we have we have a picture of you guys from not too long after that. Oh gosh, some babies! Look at his hair! Look at his face! He has no hair there. It's so cute. So so, di so different in person. Still no. So I had a little bit. I had um, green tea. So a little uh, heavy on the caffeine right now. Sorry. Apologize. <laughs> this is me. This is raw. Here we go. Next question. We're ready. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> so <clears throat> this didn't this didn't happen first service. Just so you guys. So it happens. The you second service, you guys, just got experience. me excited. Um, so you guys met. Yes. You took this picture. About a year later, you guys got married. What? That whole experience of um, going through life together, starting your life together, um, what kind of, what happened with that? Uh, were there any struggles kind of early on in your marriage? Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to talk about um, just, you know, the things that happen in your life. You know, like stuff happens, we have to deal with it. Um, was there anything that happened like that in your life and how did you deal with it? So I, we, we came to the church, uh, we had, I've probably been going to the church for like a month at this picture and um, she has her Gen X shirt on actually. Uh, and I was helping out and we got married and uh, we got baptized a couple months after we got married. And, and so if you asked me if I was a Christian, I would say, yeah, um, you know, I go to church, I read when I want, I try to pray. Um, but it was more of a nominal Christianity or Christianity by association. I wasn't um, a Christian as it's defined in the Bible. And so because of that, our, our first six years of marriage were pretty rough. Uh, she would get up, she was very committed, and she has a gift to reach kids. Like she said, she has kids coming back thanking her for what she's done, not only here, but even at school. Every year I hear about college, or, uh, high school kids that come back and thank her for the success they've had because of how much she cares. And so um, I try to help foster that, that gift that she obviously has as much as I can as her husband, but uh, I wasn't getting up. I would act like I was asleep when she was about to leave for church uh, and so I would just stay home and you know just 
uh, I would go every once in a while. I worked on the weekend, stuff like that. And because of that, there's we're, we're called as, as men, and this is a challenge to every man out there that's married or is going to get married. We're called as men to lead our families in headship um, spiritually. And, and the word is lead. It's not domineer or govern. We're called to show them by example how to be and love God, and I wasn't doing that, and, and it took a, a major effect um, on our marriage. Uh, but the crazy thing is, is, is as a woman, she remained faithful to God's call in her life. And you see that uh, once Adam sinned and he didn't take responsibility, you can see that women, God would use women to, to lead people. He used the Samaritan woman at the well. He sent her into the town, and she told them about Jesus, and then they, the men and everybody in the town came to Jesus. And after that, they said, hey, it's no longer your story that, that we believe, but in him. Uh, and then even uh, at the resurrection, the women went faithfully to worship God in the grave and found out he was risen. And the men that he had been discipling, that he told repeatedly, look, this is what's going to happen. They didn't have, they were away weeping. And the women went back and told them he's risen and, and led them to it. And, and so there, there's a faithfulness that, that God uses women to bring men. But once the men come, we need to step into that, that role. And again, it's not, um, it's not something, it's, it's what he says in Ephesians is love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave his life. And so we as men have to give our lives. And I wasn't doing that. And it, it, it made the first six years of our marriage, seven years of our marriage really rough um, because I wasn't doing what, what I should be doing in our marriage. That's good. Yeah, I, I mean, I love what you, you're talking about in, in Ephesians saying, like, love your wife like Christ loves the church. Um, and there's a lot of weight in that scripture tells us that, you know, the men should be the head, the spiritual head of the household. Uh, there's something that my grandma always said uh, that I loved, and it's that the, the man is the head of the household, but the wife is the neck, and she kind of turns the head wherever she wants Amen. to go. Yes! And, and supports the head. She's a support. Well, you get head, so that's a big support. support. I got a big head, so I need a lot of support. Um, but, I mean, that's so true, and that's so good. You, you guys experienced that where... Um, you know, that those first years of your marriage, it was kind of in a rough spot for you uh, spiritually. Um, and Rosanna had to kind of be the spiritual head. Um, but now you guys have grown out of that. And I kind of want to hear a little bit about this after uh, I finish up this point. But you, you got, you've grown out of that part of your relationship. And um, I've heard you say that you guys are honestly stronger for it. Um, so kind of tell us about those years of your marriage leading up to, um, what really is the last, like this last three years is when a lot of things change. So kind of talk about the time in your marriage leading up to that. Uh, so again, I was just kind of doing the Christian thing and showing up and, um, I came to, I showed up one day. Um, I probably, there was a point where I didn't come to church for like a year or two years. Uh, and I showed up one day and, and Thea Joy, uh, she walked up and she said, hey, be here next Sunday. You're serving in youth. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I'm being serious. Be here. And I was like, okay. And so from that moment, there, there, there was a change that had started. Um, and 
there were different things. Uh, I'm a very uh, analytical person, and so faithfully to believe in, in the Bible and believe in Jesus and believe in God on a, on a token of faith was easy because you just have to have faith. But for me to completely grasp it, there were some questions that I had intellectually ab about history and about uh you know, Christ being real and, and these different things that you get hit with in the world. And, and pastor had sent Danny a sermon uh, about a year before and Danny sent it to me and I didn't listen. And so it, I don't know, even know how I saw, it, but I ended up listening to it. And if you've seen a case for Christ, the sermon touches on a lot of those points about historical documentation of the Bible, how close we have documentation, uh, the death of Jesus, the, how true it is, how, you can't make someone give their life for a lie. They just wouldn't do it. And so those, those things were answered for me. And then along with actually starting to walk in the faith of, of serving, um, my heart was starting to change. Uh, God was changing it. And he started calling me to be obedient. And so he would ask me, he would put it in me that I need to go pray for somebody. And I wouldn't. And someone else would go pray for them. And so it showed me that God's going to accomplish what he needs to accomplish. And he wants you to be a part of it. But if you're not, he'll allow someone else. And we were as uh, youth and uh, Frank was leading, a, a, you know, a commitment prayer to, to, to give an actual commitment to Christ. And in that prayer, I felt like I should raise my hand, even though I, I had already been baptized. And I didn't. So he's praying and he's praying. And I felt that. I should fall on my knees and worship to God. And again, I didn't. And so after the prayer was done, I went up to Frank and I was like, hey, you know, I really felt these things strongly and I wasn't being obedient. So he prayed for me. Uh, and, and I, you know, I don't know what the prayer was, but I left and I realized that uh, God calls us uh, throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament. He, you know, Jesus says that we have to love God with our heart, soul, mind, spirit, and strength. That's our whole body. Uh, he says, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you give your life for me in the gospel, you'll gain it. And so we have to give our whole lives. And I wasn't. There are certain areas of my life that I, I didn't trust him. I didn't think he would give me what I desired. Uh, and I know intellectually that he would give me something better. But it was hard to, to really commit to that. And so at that moment, I knew I really need to give him everything. And so I, I got in my car and I left and I was praying. And I was like, look, I'm probably not going to willingly give this to you. So I need you to take it from me. I need you to to do what you're supposed to. You have my whole life. It's yours now. So whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. And uh, and then from that that moment, it was about three years ago on. It's it's just been a whole different story about with everything because uh, it's all about Jesus. I I listen to I love music and my favorite artist is KB and he has a line he, and he says uh, Jesus 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 until I'm mad annoying. And what he's talking about is is if you talk to him about problems or something, he's just going to talk about Jesus and he's going to talk about Jesus so much as it might annoy you. And that's where I'm at. That's all it's about. That's awesome. And when we were kind of going through this the other day, um, you were talking about kind of what happened after that night in youth that you just, you took some time to uh, pray and get right with God um, and just spend time just talking to him. Uh, and something happened in that prayer. Uh, would one of you guys like to kind of let us know what was going on? So I was praying this prayer of giving my life to Christ. And uh, Rosanna always calls me uh, on her way home. You know, it's, it's good. It's not a bad thing. She calls me. She wants to talk to me. And after you, she'll call me. And so I was praying and she called me. And so I ignored it. And then she called again. And so then I, you know, if I you get ignored, 
Hey. I picked it up and I said, That's hey, I'm gonna thing. call you, I'm gonna call you back, I'm praying. And she was like, Are you serious? And I was like, Yeah. And I hung up. And then I continued but just so you my know, prayer. It wasn't that I was mad that he was praying, because that'd be really bad, huh? Um, but it was more of that wasn't even a a, a thought at this moment. You know, this, this guy doesn't even want to come to church with me in the morning. And then now all of a sudden he's, he's praying. And so I'm like, I was just so shocked. And so I said, I laughed. I did. And I, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, it's like, Oh, all right. You know? So I, I obeyed and I hung up and, um, and then, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I mean, if you'll let me deviate from this for a second, and I'll talk to you guys um, to take some dating advice from a single guy. Uh, fellas, do that. If you are, like, somebody that is into their spiritual life and you have looking for, like, the right kind of girl, be into your spiritual life. Tell her, I can't talk to you. I'm praying. She'll go crazy for you. <laughs> and ladies, look for that guy. Look for the guy that's going to be like, I'll call you back. I'm praying. Because that's a guy that's serious about God and serious about his relationship with God. And even though um, it's kind of a point that we'll get to later on, like even when you're married, like you guys are very high priority to each other, but God is an even higher priority. Um, and it's yeah. something that it, it's a point that you'll get to later on with yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so. And it's true too, because I, I mean, when you get first get married, you're in that honeymoon phase, you know, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful and cute. I'm gonna be real with you, we didn't really have that, okay? Because it was, not, not to be mean or anything about that, it was just we were going through so much hurt, you know, in our marriage. Like, you know, I was by myself coming to church and he really wasn't about that. And the moment that he or we put God first in our marriage, I fell in love all over again like it was and it was greater more than when we first met um it, it just something about that um I don't know if I should say that but it's it's just it was like hey hey how you doing like it was you know it was it was like it, it was I was just really in, and I think I told my Thea Joy or my mom you know that that I was I was just completely in love with him because we put God in our lives first yeah, and a little bit later, you got pregnant with Micah, and... Or Nia, yeah, Nias, and then, you know, so on and so forth. So... <laughs> we got about eight kids, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so... At that time, that was kind of the start, the catalyst for uh, Adrian, you getting really serious about your walk with Christ, uh -huh. um, and your marriage kind of taking a turn. Uh, that process that you went through in um, kind of getting more serious, you've talked about it a little bit. Is there anything else that you would like to add on to that? Can you remind me? <laughs> yes, I have all the notes of your story. Um, no, so just kind of going through the motions of, or not motions, but you know, talking about how you know, we were talking and you said, you phrased it in a way that I loved. You said three years ago, God changed my heart. Yeah, yeah he, he uh, 
just through the faithfulness of, of obviously my wife and, and people around me that didn't give up on, on the fact that they knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to doing, be doing. Um, you know, it, it, as Christians, we have to walk with people. And I had men like Frank and, and George and who were showing me what a Christian husband should look like. And um, so it, it pushed, and Danny, uh, it, and it pushed me to, it, it was just a good guide and ultimately Jesus to, to follow Christ and, and to not, you know, I thought I had committed my life, uh, but I didn't. So to actually commit my life and everything to him, um, he just, it, it's just a process. And, and he, he brought me through that process all the way around. And I think too, as time went on, um, for, to, believe it or not, he was like, not about talking to people. He didn't want to do anything. He wanted to be in the back, you know, behind the scenes and now you can't get him to be quiet like he's all about it like he does our vlogs for vbs he um and he what did you say he rapped right yeah so he rapped on stage i was here i think <laughs> right um but you know so it, you were it on was, stage oh i was yeah i forgot sorry caffeine green tea um but yeah i feel like you know because he rededicated and then he is using his gifts that god had given him that's really where the transformation kind of set in. Yeah, I think that's that's so good. Um, then now later on, um, you guys have three kids: uh, Anias, Micah, and Ellie. Um, and we talked about with Danny and Tara. I asked them if there's any times where uh, they felt angry with God, and uh, for them, there was some of those moments around um, just the birth of Danica and how that happened. Uh, I think if there's any point in your life where that there could be some tension between you and God, uh, recently it would be with Ellie. Can you guys talk about that a little bit? So, um, I'm, I don't know, I, I guess, well, for starters, let's go with this. I didn't even believe that I was pregnant. Um, and I was bound to determine that I wasn't. And I took three different tests at the, at the doctor's office. Like I was like, no. And we had our small group come over. We did like a whole shebang for our gender reveal. And when it showed that it was a girl, I was like, oh shoot. Like I was really, really scared, you know, because I had two boys and I am not a girly girl. Like I'm just not. And so I was just very nervous of how it was going to be. Um, of course, when she came in, into our lives, um, she's the polar opposite of honestly what I thought she was going to be like. I thought she was going to be a little bit more tomboyish, kind of like how I am. And she's not she is Miss Prissy, like she is, she holds her hands out, she smiles, and she like, you know, goes, I'm like, oh my gosh, she loves pink, which I can't stand, like, she does everything that I don't like, she, she like enhances it by like 50%, um, and so, you know, that's, it was really the start of her journey, uh, just her personality, the way she was, uh, when she was about seven months, we had noticed that um, her her when she was born, her tongue was always protruding out of her mouth, and we just kind of thought it was a phase, you know, like she was going to grow up, and eventually, maybe she gets teeth, you know, kind of push back, no big deal, we thought it was cute, you know, um, and her pediatrician had noticed that um, she obviously had the swollen 
uh, tongue, but also her liver was enlarged. So it just kind of drew up a, a lot of question at that moment. And so we went through, and Adrian can probably say a little bit more on that, but um, we just went from it being one disorder to another, to this, to that. We were just going back and forth for several months, actually. Um, so, and it actually all happened too because she got sick. If she hadn't gotten sick to that extreme, I don't think we would really, we wouldn't have caught it as fast as we had done, or had caught it. And uh, when she got sick, it completely swelled so bad that it was almost hard. So if you kind of feel your tongue, you know that it's, you know, it has, it's wet, it's inside your mouth, right? Well, her tongue, because it's always out, it was super hard and it was cracking and it was bleeding. And so that's really what, um, well, my mom, you know, especially, and everybody's like, you need to take her. And so we did. And after several months <laughs> of different tests and things that this poor little girl um, had to do, we finally got an answer. And uh, she was later, uh, just recently, probably what, like so in the fall? It actually, she got diagnosed with a lymphatic malformation about a year and a half ago, yeah. um, which is, she has cysts under her tongue and in her tongue and the lymph nodes, when you get sick, they let out fluid. And so because she had more veins, it's when she got sick, it swelled up her tongue and, and even part of her throat. Uh, but before that, she was diagnosed with MPS, which is a super rare disorder, and uh, you don't live a full life. So that's what we started out with: was that hey, she might, she's she's, she's probably gonna, she's gonna live, but she's gonna die pretty young. And so they thought it was that; it wasn't. Um, but that process was hard. The first test it didn't go well, and so we had to do another test, which she had to get blood drawn, um, which is never fun with the baby. Um, and so then we found out it was a lymphatic malformation, and so that that's, can be treated, and it's pretty rare, especially in the mouth, but it's treatable, and it's not, it's more cosmetic than, as long as it doesn't swell up her throat, which it doesn't, then, then you know, it's not as, as much of a life concern as it is just wanting to get her tongue back in and, and how it should be. Yeah, and I mean, through it all, for those of you that might know her, she is just a happy-go-lucky as it is, you know? It, she does not let that phase her. Um, that picture there, that was actually right before she was gonna do her procedure, and she just, she is. She's, she's honestly a huge um, joy. She, she, anywhere she goes, she meets people and they just enjoy her presence. Um, and just at the park, my, my Thea Joy had taken them um, to like the water park and she just met a new friend over there and they were just having a blast. And um, I, I, I was almost like, I wanted to be like her, you know, because I had just, given up on the fact that, you know, Christ has this. And I, Adrian is so much better um, than me because he was just like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. You know, let's just continue to pray about it. Like God's gonna just have total control. And me, I was just so angry and just really, just kind of, I guess, frustrated because um, I just didn't understand, you know, everything, especially in the beginning. Um, you know, why are you going to give her give her to me and then take her away from me? Um, you know, without me even really understanding and knowing her fully. And something that really got 
through to me was um, a scripture verse that I live by. It's it's my go-to. And it says, you know, are you worried? Are you tired? Um, Are you burnt out? And it says a phrase, and I love it. And it says, walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. And that was a constant phrase for me that I had to remember that, you know what? Oh, this, this is annoying me and this is making me upset, but he's, tell, he's whispering in my ear, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, watch what I do in this little girl's life, watch what I do in your guys' lives. And so you, you just have, sometimes somebody has to be able to pull you out and this little guy right here, He was a great one to do it. You know, he had to be strong. He had to be firm with me. Um, And just like he said earlier, he had to be that leader. Um, And that was honestly the best thing. Still ongoing for us. Yeah, and Adrian, um, you said that you told me when you're going through prayer requests on the prayer team, um, you kind of had this realization when people are praying for healing Uh, And there's so many things where just people pray for healing so often for so many different things. Uh, But you realized uh, there's something that you should pray for first before healing. Can you talk about that and how that kind of got applied with this whole situation with Ellie? Yeah, so I love studying scripture and studying everything. And uh, I had said in first service, uh, you know, when God had changed my heart, Uh, There was a love there that connected. When you love somebody, you want to learn everything you can about them. I love Rosanna. I want to know everything I can. And with God, it's the same thing. And so I love hearing, I love Pastor when he talks about it and gets in deep. I love talking to a life group about it. Um, And so through that, as I was praying, I... We want to pray for healing for sure. We have a God that can do that. And, and within his will, he will. He has a purpose for everything. And Pastor talked about it last week in Romans eight twenty eight that um, he'll use everything for the good of those who love him. Uh, but sometimes that also means the stuff that we go through because of our choices or because of other people's choices, it's... It may not be ideally what he would want for his children, but he'll use it for the good. And so when these people are going through stuff, the one prayer that God will always answer is closeness to him. If you pray to be close to God, if you seek him, he'll, you'll find him and he'll bring you close to him. And so I had, I had that, that it came into my head as I was praying for these people. Our initial prayer should be through this situation that they're facing, God, bring them near to you so that they'll have the peace. And if you heal them, Amen. And if you don't, they still have the ultimate peace in you and knowing you. And so whether they're healed or not, they can still rejoice in your name. And so I had shared that. And so that was on Sunday. And the next Monday before where this happened is her second procedure. And the first time she got released, she was fine. Uh, she was grumpy and her mouth was sore. But, and we went through some stuff, but she was fine. The second time they invited us back into the room and she was still intubated with tubes. And she, they had her under. And it, it was shocking because we weren't pre- prepared for it. And it filled me. I was angry because there was some situations, if you want to come ask, that had happened that I didn't think she needed to be like this. And it, it just, it, I didn't question God. I, I trust him. But it, it did shake me. And, and so I went up to her when everybody had left and I told her I was sorry. And I didn't have anything to be sorry for. I'm just trying to get her better. But I didn't know this was going to happen. And then that came up. God was like, what did I, what did I tell you yesterday? You, you have to allow me to use this to bring me closer t- 
to bring, bring, allow me to bring me closer to you. And so I, you know, I stood there and I said, God, will you just keep me close? Whatever happens with her in this situation, just bring me close to you so I can have the peace for her and I can have the peace for my family. Um, and so a couple hours later, I kind of, I was fine. I was back to myself. Um, but in that moment, I, I definitely needed what he had given me the day before. Yeah, and just because of time, we're going to kind of wrap up real quick. Uh, one thing that you said was, you know, we kind of want to wrap up all of these interviews with looking towards the future. And when I asked you about that, you said that for the future, what, all you want to do really is to, both of you said this, to continue to walk with leadership. And what I love is there's two meanings to that. You want to continue to walk with the people that you see as your leaders, your spiritual leaders, your leaders in life. Um, but then you also want to continue to walk with leadership for your kids. You know, continue to walk as a leader for the people that look, to up, to, look up to you and your family and together. Um, and I, I love that. I love that you, you know, put the thought into we want to keep the people who are our leaders, our mentors, we want to keep them in front of us and keep walking with them. And then we want to keep our people with us too and continue to lead them. And I mean, obviously you guys have a wonderful family, a beautiful family that anybody could look at and see that you guys are just blessed. Um, but what I love about your story is it's just real. I mean, you've been through some crap and it's okay to do that. It's, and you've taken some time to uh, just be in that place where you're just gonna deal with it and then you're gonna move on. It's like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, he took some time to just sit there and mourn and be in the moment. But what he didn't do was stay in the moment. He took that time, he collected himself and then he moved on and you guys have done that wonderfully. You guys have had these moments where you've just, you sat in the moment, you've, you know, just prayed together, prayed by yourselves, prayed with the people that you look up to, and then you've moved on because you trust that, you know, God's got this. And Adrian, like you said, this, this thing, what's happening, it's just an opportunity for you guys to grow closer to God. So thank you guys for sharing your story. Um, if you have anything to add on, yeah, I just, I, I was able to uh, listen, obviously, to Danny and Tara's, but I listen to everybody's. We have a podcast um, and a YouTube channel, so subscribe to that. But uh, I, I was listening to everybody's story, and, and everybody has, everybody in, the, in this room has a, a story that's brought them here, and it's unique. Uh, some of them, you know, they're crazy, like, oh, man, I don't have that story, and some of them, I grew up in the church. But the one thing that unites all the stories is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's the center point. He's the reason why we are all here. And it was amazing to see that in the end, after everybody was telling their story, that's where it led to, uh, was was the focus on on all of us you know Wes growing up Rosanna growing up in the church myself not that we have one we have a few things in common that we all sin and that we all fall short and then yet this good and gracious God still desired to have us in his company and 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 gave us the answer to that in Jesus um and and the beauty of that is I know I don't I would be the first to say I'm a sinner and I don't deserve to be up here I don't deserve to have a wife I don't deserve to have them and yet he still keeps giving me 
me stuff. And, and, and if you look around, you guys would see that same thing and, and just be amazed by that and let it draw you closer to God. And then just lastly, parents and, and more specifically men, like we have, a, we need to step up for our wives and, and for our children and lead them to this God and to Jesus. Uh, I know Pastor talked about that there's a lot of younger younger kids walking away from the church, and it's on us to show them the beauty and grace of, of who God is and what he's done. And so uh, just that's the focus is, is Jesus and his gospel. And so uh, this opportunity was amazing. Well, thank you guys so much. You can go ahead and sit down. Uh, oh. Yeah, thank you. Oh, he's you kicking for... us off the stage, guys. Okay, go. No, thank you again. Uh, I don't think I could wrap it up any better than that. Um, Adrian's just great at what he does, and he's great at talking about God, and uh, you can see why I look up to them so much. Uh, so right now, I, really, Adrian wrapped it up nicely, so we're going to pray. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, just the experiences that we've had, the opportunities that we've had to listen to all these people who are just coming up here, telling their stories, talking about how you have changed their lives. Um, I pray that that is not hitting us lightly. And I pray that you keep just a couple words in our hearts and in our minds. Words that you won't leave us. Words that everything that we go through, you're gonna take and use it for your own good. Everything, like any negative act, any negative things that we go through, any positive things that you go th we go through, you're just gonna take that, turn it around, and make sure that no experience is wasted. As we go through our lives, we thank you that you're here for us, that you won't leave us, and we thank you for your love. Because your love is the only thing that matters. And God, I pray as we leave here today that that be the one thing on our hearts and on our minds, that you love us, that you care about us, that you won't leave us, and that you put that in our hearts to the point where that's all that we see when we leave. We just see people that you love, see people that you care about, and in turn, that turns into people that we love and we care about, that everybody that we see and come into contact with we just love them with your love. We care about them with your heart. And we let them know that no matter what, you love them and we love them. And that there's a future for them. And what they're going through isn't going to be wasted. Because God can turn whatever a weakness is into a strength. Thank you just for all the experiences, all the stories we've heard. Pray that they're not wasted on us that we think about them, that we read into them, and we learn from them. In your name we pray, amen. Guys, if you have anything that you wanna ask us or if you need some prayer, you can come up to the front and we have people that would love to pray for you and talk to you. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.